You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1042 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday, and today's podcast is part two with myself and Tyler Jones, good friend of the podcast. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that the NBA draft is coming up very soon, and the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 is brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each and every pick. Follow the Locked On NBA show on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As a reminder, this is part two. Yes, part two of a two-part conversation with myself and Tower Jones. So part one is in your feed now. If you want to listen to this in order, I recommend starting at the beginning. And uh, as of this particular moment, we'll be picking up in the middle of the conversation with all kinds of draft talk and more with myself and Tyler. Before we get to the conversation, though, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models in the car or truck world, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless questioning from someone at a storefront and have to wait while someone at the counter orders the parts on the computer, only choosing the brand that the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com right now, both at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all the audio and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need. Just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is uniquely and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you went right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Tyler, it's part two. Let us dive into the Hawks. We spent about a half hour at the top, and now it's the meat of the draft, number 20 overall, and I know you have some opinions. I will say this. It's very interesting to talk about this pick because we don't know who's going to be available. That's the biggest thing is, like, who's going to actually fall to the Hawks. You mentioned at the top of part one, you think they're just going to stay put and make it, make the pick, and that means they're reliant on who goes ahead of them. So it's what I try to do with everybody that I have on the podcast is basically not focus too much on one or two guys because they could just both be gone, and that just kind of takes away the conversation. Um, with that said, it sounds like you're on the Sharif Cooper bandwagon. Uh, is, is he is he the ideal pick for you? If you had to pick one guy that like could I guess conceivably be available, would it be Sharif, or is there somebody else that you're eyeing in terms of uh, even higher than that? I think the ideal pick would be Jalen Green falls to twenty. Okay, Again, uh, that's, that's why I said reasonable. That's not happening. We know this. I mean, you, Kate, you Kate Cunningham. Me what the ideal like? Kate Cunningham falls to twenty because he gets some. For the Hawks, uh, for the Hawks I'd rather. I think I'd rather have honestly Jalen Green. No, um, stop. No, Brad. Brad, I want. No. I don't need. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about playing with Trey Young. I don't want a guy who thinks he's a point guard playing alongside Trey Young. No, the okay, Ben Simmons. Okay, here's the thing. If you. Uh, I will counter this right now because honestly, if you got a chance to watch Cade at the pre-college level when he wasn't the number one option, I think you probably feel differently because Cade, one of the things about Cade is that he might be better as not the number one option. And that's, that'd be what I would say. Like, I think if you put him with Trey Young, it'd be uh, pretty fun. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I, I understand if, I call it, in college. He was obviously the number one option. He had to be, had to play a certain way. When he played at Montverde with, with Scotty Barnes and like, and they had like all the talent in the world. Uh, he got to like do different stuff, and it was interesting. 
It doesn't matter. Uh, obviously. That, that might not. I mean, no, that that I could see that. None I of this matters because they're not going to um, get there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It's, it's fun. But like those those two we'll put it this way. Those two guys available at 20. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, Moses Moody. Sure. Yeah. yeah you, you, heard, you heard her first. Tyler wants to trade uh, everybody for Joe. Fran, Franz Wagner. Uh, if if sadly, I think he's going to go lottery, but yes, like if he was somehow there at 20, yeah, I'd take him. A uh, big guy who can shoot, defend, pass, do everything. Not, not going to, not has no real weakness. Um, um, probably not going to be an elite scorer in this, in the NBA, but like, it's just going to be a good basketball player. What basically kind of what Denny, what Denny idea, uh, was projected to be. I think he's just a better shooter overall and possibly a better defender. He's a better defender too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so like that that's that that's why I'm like, yeah, sign me up for that. Especially at his size like what, six eight, six nine. Um, or however tall he is, like shocking that he and Mo Wagner are brothers, uh, considering uh <laughs> the athletic gap between those two. But um yeah, yeah, sign me sign me up. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for Moses Moody, who I think is gonna be a really good shooter, uh, and a good defender. Okay, now, now 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 back on Earth One, where those guys are not going to be available. I know this is not fun to talk about, but like, if you want to get aggressive, like I think the guys who are usually mocked the highest that like could get to twenty are like, I don't know, Jalen Johnson or Jalen Johnson's an interesting. Yeah, guy. he is very interesting. I think didn't you did, didn't you bring up Josh Smith or something with me at the one point about, about yeah Jalen yeah Josh Smith yeah Josh Smith. Um, I think that's that's a good comparison with Jalen Johnson not, again because so few basketball players are or were not the athlete that Josh Smith was uh, but you know he does a lot of things he's very good grab and go package which I like I don't know what he does in the half court I don't think he can shoot even though he shot like 80,000 percent from three in like three games because he quit at Duke which I mean I think it was because of COVID or something I I don't know, but the 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 reason was ambiguous enough that would scare me based on other off court stuff that I don't. It, what I'm hearing wasn't bad, but like just rumbles with him, which is the only reason why he'd be falling. Like he would scare me because this is why he would. Nobody in the Hawks draft at twenty is going to play more than like a hundred minutes total. Unless there are like aggressive amounts of injuries again uh, next year, like nobody they draft is going to play at all uh, regularly. Is Jalen Johnson, if he's not playing in the NBA, but instead of G League, going to put in the work he's going to need to be put it to put in to become the best basketball player that he can be? That's what would scare me with taking Jalen Johnson at twenty. Not saying I wouldn't do it because he he is a talented basketball player, but. Um, and I think he's going to be a good passer um, at the big man position. I, I don't think he's a wing. Uh, I think he's a he's a clear four, and like he he would be able to do. He would open up the fat. Like if you want to say a weakness that the Hawks have right now currently is that they're actually pretty mediocre in that in in fast break because Trey Young's the only guy who can dribble on this team uh, downhill, and Trey Young's six one, so he's not going to be able to like just you know power dunk if he has an advantage um over a bigger guy like that's Trey Young is going to be shooting a floater um in the fast break and so that's why the Hawks 
fast break numbers just are they tend to rely on if it's not a alley oop to John Collins, uh, it's going to be an open three pointer, which you know isn't as good as you know Giannis just coming down the floor and dunking every time. Like it just it, it's just different. I think Jalen Johnson is going to be able to grab the basketball, uh, go full court and. Uh, finish through contact, which I think he can do right now. But if you ask me what other skills he has outside of being a, a, a good passer uh, at the fourth spot, but not not somebody who's going to be uh, not, you know, not not a special passer, but a good one. I, I don't I can't really tell you. But like really what concerns me about Jalen Johnson really isn't his talent. It's the other stuff that I don't have knowledge to that. No, that nobody who that nobody who's not in the know would know, right? So, like, it's going to depend on his background check. But, like, I'd, I'd still bank on the talent, even with all his off-court flaws. But, like, he he would scare me. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, we got Jalen Johnson. Like, he's somebody who, who they got they, – they're going to need, like, a babysitter for. Um, and, like, that that would scare me because you're going to be paying – you know, like these 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 kids make real money and like they got to make adult decisions with their lives and so like he would scare me but i i do like the talent though yeah it's uh interesting because if they if they were picking at you know 12 or 13 or something and you end up with Jalen Johnson like you shouldn't he's a, that, that's an appropriate investment for his talent level but it's not like you don't feel like you're stealing like in the way that you're talking about this it's not like you feel like you pulled one over everybody else but at, at 20 I think it's fair to say that the talent level, even if people that I know people that don't love Jalen Johnson's talent, like there's people that just see him as more of like a late lottery talent, and it's not not nobody hates his talent, but even if you thought that at number twenty, the risk is such where like that's a pretty good value. Like maybe there is some risk, but I would I'm not in love with Jalen Johnson either, and I've kind of happily considered him at twenty if he's available for the Hawks because. Of just it's the cross section of the talent level that he can bring versus the draft slot, and there are some other guys for sure. It's not just Jalen Johnson or Bust or anything like that, but he's a he's a good example of a player that I think on talent is better than number twenty overall. And if that guy gets to you, and the reasons that he's fallen are not like catastrophic reasons, then sure, like it's not like you're gonna throw a party about it either. It's not like Moses Moody fell to you at twenty. But it's still a good value. It's not. It's not going to be the same feeling I had when uh, John Collins fell to nineteen, or when Travis Schlenk, Travis Schlenk had the same feeling you did that night because he was uh, pretty openly talking about how they didn't think he was going to be around. <laughs> and Collins, I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I was like uh, that draft day because John Collins was like um, that was somebody. I mean, you just do a basic graph of his stuff. He, he and Blake Griffin. Um freshman and sophomore years and he was a young sophomore too where he was you know basically the age of a lot of freshmen uh like his production level at at wake forest was of the level and apparently uh i forgot what podcast i was listening to but they said the reason that john collins fell was that he played for a bad wake forest team right and like they were saying like the points that he was scoring didn't matter which is funny because he he led that bad Wake Forest team to the tournament somehow, and I don't know how he did it. Um, I, I do know because he was just that dominant in the ACC. No, he was uh, Collins. Uh, not to do the whole thing, and Collins was like incredibly productive and efficient in college in like a pretty routinely, jarring way. Routinely, like 
like 30, 20 games. And I'll, 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 like I'll always like, admit to like not being the biggest Collins fan in the draft. Like I thought that was a totally fine pick where it was, but I wasn't like celebrating the way that other people were. I thought his defense was going to be terrible, and it kind of was his rookie season. And then it was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> now I'm fine. <laughs> so that was that's where I missed on Collins. I believed always believed in the offense. It was the defense. Yeah, that's and be. I think everybody just evaluated Collins that he was just a center, and that which he I, I, I am I am guilty of that too. I thought he's going to play center. So and then like he showed his rookie year that he can make a corner three pointer, and then we were like, oh wait, he can do that, you know. And then now he's like. He also, he also got he also got in shape too. Like nothing was he he was never in bad bad shape, but he uh, I think he trimmed a little bit as well and got just more cut and more bursty and as guys do. I mean that's what happens in the draft. Like guys get in better shape. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so not Johnson. We 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 yeah, agree, like, we, we John, agree that Johnson is an appropriate. It's appropriate value at twenty, but you yeah. won't be like burning the place. I mean, is there a guy be like is it is it Springer? Like is there? Take the, take the guys off the table that we talked about earlier. Is there a guy that you actually would be throwing the party for at 20 that, again, within reason could get to 20, like a Springer or Sharif? I think or the combi- combination of talent plus the fit, I think uh, Springer is there at 20. I think that's the guy, even over Jaylen, somebody like Jalen Johnson. Like I, I think just his combination of size, length, and uh, I, Brad, uh-oh. I really like the physicality that he plays with. Yeah, he, I don't, he does I don't, play hard. He's a very physical basketball player, especially with the ball in his hands. Likes to truck guys, and he's big. Like he's like two ten, and he's eighteen. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up to Jaden Springer. You know, he he took like three three pointers all year, which I, I I'm like I don't care about. You know. Well, I think I think, part of, ten- I think, I think part of I think part of that was Tennessee too. I mean, Rick, not to do the Rick Barnes thing, but uh, that was they were handled. Him and Keeman Keon were handled very strangely at Tennessee. Well, well, here's the thing: he's going to come to Nate McMillan land, and Nate Nate's all about the mid range pull up two pointer, baby. Oh Lord, yes he is. That's, <laughs> he's that's all true. about it. He's <laughs> all about it. That's accurate. Bogey Bogey loves Bogey. Can't wait to well, nah, Bo, Bogey like listen the Hawks, the Hawks the Hawks the Hawks sure won. Bogey sure does love his fadeaway long two pointers. The Hawks won Game Seven uh, in Philadelphia. In the Hawks won Game Seven in Philadelphia on mid, on contested mid range shots. That that happened. Ooh, Kevin Kevin Herter is like finally a coach that believes in my mid range package, <laughs> and he just absolutely loves bullying smaller guys. Kevin Herter, imagine that. Kevin Herter. Bullying. Kevin Herter bullying is not not what anybody thought he was going to be that he was going to do in the NBA. Oh man, I, I love Brad. I don't know if you know this. I love this playoff, man. It's oh, did you? I didn't know that about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, it was a fun playoff. I, I'm I, glad, I, I'm glad, I'm glad I am old enough to remember. I, I'm glad the referees ended it. Um, here we you go. know by <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when you when you yeah. were like in meltdown mode during the Knicks series like unable to be on Twitter and then suddenly you were like in because I was worried I was scared I was Brad, I was scared <laughs> I was scared that this young team going to the garden you know were gonna be shook and instead <laughs> they were they were out there they were out there trolling these boys and I mean I know it's not about the draft or anything but like man Trey Young's demeanor really settled those guys down to the point that it didn't matter if they were home or road. Just because, you know, Trey, you, you see your best player enjoys the taunting he gets, loves it, loves the trash talk, loves the physicality. And that's the thing people don't understand about Trey Young, man, which is why I'm so happy that he's not on Team USA because, you know, God forbid, oh, God Lord. forbid. <laughs> 
Team USA have somebody as good as Trey Young. Listen, uh, operating the pick and roll. I, I would in an international game. I, I've said this uh, before, cause, but because if you remember Jeff Van Gundy, I don't know if you remember this, Brad. Oh. Jeff Van Gundy went on a national tele when the one of the two games the Hawks were nationally televised. I think it was uh, Mike Breen asked, "Why didn't Trey Young make it to the team the to the Team USA team that got seventh in 2019 because they didn't have a point guard? No, Kimball Walker is not." Not a point guard, guys. I'm sorry. He's not the passer that Trey Young is. They didn't have a special creator to make games easier for themselves. And the reason was that the physicality was just so different in international. They didn't think he could hold up physically against the likes of those elite European and <laughs> uh, guards, Brad. You know, you know the guys, the guys were just so tough. And that you just can't do anything with. They'll grab your jersey. They'll hold. They'll strike. Man, how did Pop and these boys watch Trey Young clown Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday, the guy who's currently making Chris Paul's life miserable. Or uh, you know, we don't. I don't know what we don't know what the finals. <laughs> As we're talking, that, like, that is accurate. That is an accurate statement. But like Drew Holiday. Absolutely making Chris Paul's life miserable. Got people making memes about Chris Paul. It's like, man, Chris Paul is 36 years old. He's an old man. Trey Young made that made Drew Holiday look like a fool. Right? On multiple occasions. And Drew Holiday is a great defender. Trey Young made it look Trey Young forced the Sixers to the point that if Ben Simmons wasn't guarding Trey Young, they literally had no chance to get a stop. And like all Ben Simmons could do would slow Trey Young down a bit, make Trey Young have to actually think about what he was doing on the floor. Like, they, they started the series with Danny Green. Danny Green's a good defender, Brad. Like, he actually is. Trey Young made Danny Green look like Trey Young on defense. He made him look worse. Trey Young don't get cooked like that because Trey Young doesn't try that hard. <laughs> but Trey Young embarrassed <laughs> Danny Green off the floor. Um, and so I just find it funny. That you know, Trey Young just not he just can't handle the physicality, even though that's what he revels in. Like that's that's his game. Like his game is being physical. Like he likes physicality. Like he actually likes banging with other guys. It like opens up his game. Um and it, it just allows him to blow by guys. Whereas if you just play him straight up and normal, then he has to actually think. Um but uh because I think to me in general, I, I just think popping them underestimate just how athletic Trey Young is, but it's not a Trey Young podcast. I just, you know, we got to get the Team USA I wanted to clear. I wanted to, I wanted to clear out for you. We got to get That's the fine. slander in there at all times because he's, Trey Young is not on the team for the likes of Jeremy Grant, <laughs> Keldon Johnson, JaVale McGee. I like Keldon Johnson. I mean, you don't like him. There are eight Hawks who are born in te- who are born in America? Who are better than him? No, they're not eight hawks. Stop. There's like six. Sorry, six. Oh wow, six. I'm, ju- I'm just saying it's not eight. It ain't eight. <laughs> I, was, so, I was wrong. Hold on. My fault. So yeah. it's uh, obviously six obviously you cannot you cannot count Bogey or Capella because they're not American. Uh, is wait is a Kongwu American? Yeah. 
He's born in Los Angeles. Okay, I wasn't sure. I mean, he, he he's Nigerian. That's what I mean. Like, I wasn't sure if I, like, I wasn't sure if he played somewhere else. Like you know, some of these uh, some of these prospects, like Ben Simmons, is a good example. Like played once on a Australian team, and now he has to play for Australia. Uh, he can't ever play for the U.S. again. Basically, let's yeah, let's be consistent. Anyway, uh, or or uh, Carl Towns who played for yeah, the Dominican that's that, that's a, that's even a better. That's why example. they don't. That's why the Hawks don't have him. Carl, I mean, that's Carl, why Carl Anthony Towns literally played once because Calipari was like, "Come play for the DR team," and now he can't play for Team, for team USA anymore. All right, before we get back to the conversation with Tyler, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. Even with the season over now for the Atlanta Hawks, BetOnline is still your home for the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, for example, is still in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, entertainment bets, and much, much more. Before the next pitch or dribble, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to the playoffs. And even when they're in the playoffs, head to the website right now at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Yes, that's checking out betonline.ag for 50% and extra cash and a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. The promo code is Locked On for 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Oh, what's up about Zaire? Uh, Zaire Williams is a popular thought experiment. I'm not even sure that people like are dying to have him with the Hawks, but he's in that range, former five-star. You don't like him very much, so tell, tell people why, why that would be the case. I'm not even saying you're wrong, because I think it's a, you, you actually make a pretty good point. I mean, I think the thought experiment is a good indication of what this conversation is. Like, Zaire is a good thought in that he could be a good, big, two-way wing. And so, like, if he's there at 20 and the Hawks don't have a particular need, why not go ahead and take them? And to me, it's not that I don't think that's not a good idea, but to me, like, this draft is full of guys who I think can be really good NBA players. And I just don't think Zaire Williams, like, I think it's more likely he's going to be out the league, uh, you know, before his rookie contract ends, that, that he, then he's going to be a consistent rotation player. Because, like, I mean, you got to tell me what he's good at. Cause he he made what what Cam how bad Cam Reddish was at Duke. No, Zaire Zaire made no. Cam Reddish. Zaire made Cam Reddish look like LeBron James at Duke. Well, I'm be, sorry. It's like, basically I, I, I'm, I, I watched I, I'm watching these Zaire games and these clips and the good things he do he does is just one drill dribble pull up. Oh yeah, that three pointer. There's really no argument that he was good. At, he was not good at Stanford. Like even even if you were a fan of him and think that he should go high in this draft, no one could I, tell you that he's good at Stanford. He was good at Stanford. Like, he wasn't. To me, I just think it's interesting that uh, BJ Boston is a clear second round grade, whereas Zaire Zaire is still getting a lottery. I think buzz. if BJ Boston was was six eight, they would be in the same conversation. I mean. BJ Boston measured at six seven. They have the same wingspan. Like, and I think that's the other thing. Zaire's wingspan. If it was Zaire's wingspan was like seven one seven two, I can see it. But him being six nine, but also six ten wingspan, like that. Yeah, no, I'm... that that to me, I'm like, all right. Defensively, he's going to be have to guard ones or twos, uh, and threes. Like he can't guard fours. 
No, you um, wouldn't think so. Lack of wingspan and the lack of bulk. Like, he's just not that big. Like, there's just not a lot to like with him. And it's not to say that he can't pan out and not to say that the Hawks, he can't pan out with the Hawks. But to me, I'm like, are, are, if he and Trey Mann are, are there at 20, give me Trey Mann, who has every dribble package that I'd ever want from a perimeter player. Is, is Trey Mann your favorite uh, non-Sharif guard option at 20? Trey Mann or I also like um, Josh Christopher. Yeah, Josh Christopher just because I like his bucket size getter. and explosion. <laughs> yeah, size, explosion, bucket getter. And on the Hawks, he'll never play unless he learns how to play good defense. So, like, to me, like, sure, take 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 the bucket getter and teach him how to and have him be in the Nate McMillan doghouse for a couple of years. And if he still grinds it out and figures it out, that's going to be a really good basketball player. Um, but I really like Trey Mann. Um, Bones Highland, like, I like his shot making. I like Cam Thomas. Like, there, there's a lot, like, they're all a similar archetype, but I like them a lot more as basketball players. I just don't like Zaire Williams' game as a basketball player. Like, to me, he and Kaminga have the same functional issues. I like Kaminga more because Kaminga is just bigger. And, and, a, and, a better, and a better, and a better athlete, obviously. I mean, absolutely. Zaire, Zaire, Zaire betting. I, I think though, nothing you're saying is wrong. I think with Zaire, the 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 way that he becomes really good is if the shooting pops. That that's really what people are. People that like Zaire are banking on the shooting popping because he has a high release and he's flashed to shooting at times. Uh, that's really the banking skill for him. Whereas like someone like Kaminga, he has the athletic tools that Zaire doesn't really have, and he's stronger and all that stuff. Whereas you really, really need Zaire to become a high-level shooter. That's really what the Yeah, yeah, is. That, and that and that's what would scare me because, like, Zaire needs to become, like, to me, I'm like, with his build and his limitations, because I just don't think at the NBA level he has the explosion to get by. Like, I don't even think he, he has Cam Reddish levels of explosion to get by his man. Uh, and so to me, he's got to become – a Duncan Robinson caliber of off the off the uh, catch shooter, you know, off the move shooter, and like that's going to take real time and real work, and that's a risky proposition to take a guy that high um, who hasn't shown it at any level uh, to be able to do it, and that that's what would scare me with with Zaire, and also like that archetype of player is always there in the second round, like um, the kid from. Is it Iowa? I Joe, think his yeah, last Joe, Joe Wieskamp. Yeah, Wieskamp. Who? Yeah. And he and his fake vertical aside, like <laughs> he's a great shooter. I'd rather like I I could get him in the second round. Why would I take Zaire? Who, if he wasn't a five star prospect, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. He'd still be in college. That like, is probably if, true. If if he did, and that said that 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 evaluation does mean something, but it also like to me, I'm like. It also means something for B.J. Boston. And B.J. Boston is just like, man, he's second round and like... Yeah, I, I, I actually think B.J. Had the hate's gone a little bit too far. Like, I, I get it. It was bad, but I also have a hard time seeing how you go from, like, consensus top three to, like, 40 um, in one year. And I, I get that he's bad, I think, but... And I think people are, are being a bit too hard. Like, like it's... Calipari going to play for Kentucky. It's like, well, they yeah, it's Kentucky's a, a whole weird evaluation anyway. On top of everything else, yeah, 
Like, Kentucky... I mean, ask Devin Booker how Kentucky went. Like, Devin Booker was a not a lottery lock going into the draft, which is insane now, if you look at it in retrospect. But it's because he was, like, coming off the bench at Kentucky. Um, and there's, there's He was no, just a spot-up shooter in Kentucky. Well, there's just weird evaluations um, on that team, always, because they have so many guys. And, yeah, Boston got treated like their number one prospect this year. Like, early in the year, they were playing through him, and it didn't go well. So it was actually not the usual Kentucky thing, because usually Kentucky guys are just, like, put in weird roles that they're not going to be in, yeah. whereas he kind of wasn't. Didn't, it just didn't go well. Yeah, yeah, and but the thing that would scare me with BJ is that he was on the same AAU team uh, for a bit. I don't know if he was. He wasn't his last year, but he was on the same AAU team as Sharif Cooper and um, – why am I blanking on my man's name? He went to McKeech and got drafted by the Cavs. I'm sorry. Oh, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, Isaac Okoro. Like, he played on the same AAU team, and he was the third best player on that team. Uh, that's That doesn't mean everything, but, like, I don't know. Like, him, there's, there's, there always was weird stuff with his evaluation. He probably was always evaluated a bit too high, but that's that's what my point is. It's like, I'm not saying BJ Boston's evaluation is wrong. I just find it confusing that Zaire isn't joining him because Zaire has got to be an elite level shooter. And until he shows that, like, I just don't think he's going to be a good prospect. And I just think in general, there are better prospects for the Hawks to take in particular, because to me, more than anything on this team, if you're not going to get the Jaden Springer plug hole on defense, also be good on offense, two way guy. Or get Shreve Cooper, who you just get him for the talent, which I, I, I still can't believe he's not a lot to go top 10, considering how many teams need a – just need a guy to make make life easier for everybody else. Like, I, I understand Shreve Cooper can't shoot, but he's a special passer. Like, I – and he'll make your offense good if you surround him with shooting. Uh, which every team, I would think, if you're trying to win in today's NBA, you want to surround your team with shooting. You get somebody like Sharif Kubu who can break a defense down and then make a right read, whether it be a lob or or a pass to the corner or a pa- like make he can make every pass with both hands, can be, beat any man off the dribble. Like I, I'd hope with his age that the shooting will come. I mean, the reason why he's not going top five is because he can't shoot. Yeah, but like that doesn't mean he shouldn't be getting like top 10 buzz um orlando you know <laughs> I, i'm gonna keep bringing up orlando brad if they take Brad, i in my bones i feel that they're going to take scotty barnes at five and then they're going to take kaminga at seven no, or eight nothing, or no, they nothing it's five and eight nothing would and be more I'm on brand to, for them than that yes and i and, and i'm going to ask adam silver to Contract them. You're gonna so you're, you're gonna react like you do like, like you do when Clickapella misses a layup. That's what's gonna happen. I'm, I'm I'm gonna want the NBA to have 29 teams next year because they don't deserve a franchise if they do that. I like I know I said this on, on the last time I was on, but like <laughs> you you just gave. Why am I blanking on so many people's names? I am off my game. You know what's happening, Brad? I'm so high on the Hawks right now. I can't even bother to You're care just about basking in the glow. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, just I can't uh, care about these lessons. lessons. So I forgot I forgot their twenty million dollar man uh, coming off the knee, knee injury. John Isaac. Uh, John Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. You know, they're center. They just draft <laughs> you, they they're gonna draft another Jonathan Isaac. They're gonna draft two of them. 
and I'm gonna be like, what are y'all doing? Do, do being, y'all want, being the magic? You're just taking guys who won't quote unquote get you fired because you're too scared to take a chance on somebody like Sharif Cooper, or I mean, because like really to me, like outside of Green Cunningham, um. I don't think I think Josh Gide, uh the Australian, who if he was there at twenty, which sadly he won't be. No, he will not be. Sadly, Lamelo Ball kind of shows that, you know, if you're really good, you know, even if your shooting percentage is crap, if you show high level playmaking against pros, it's going to translate. So now Gide is going to go in the lottery and potentially, like I think he would have really helped the Hawks too at twenty. Um, but um, like outside of Gide, like I think Cooper is outside, you know, Cunningham Green, like I think Cooper is a guy who can be your number one ball handler, creator type to lead a top ten offense, top five offense even in the NBA just based on all the tools he has in his toolbox without being able to shoot at all. Which I mean he's gonna be he's gonna have to learn how to shoot if he wants to beat the best teams in the NBA in the playoffs. But I mean even without that, like he's going to live at the free throw line uh just due to due to his handle uh, it's very he he he's very Trey Young esque in the way he draws fouls, and the way he operates in the pick and roll. And like, like how could you watch Trey Young what he did against the best defenses in the NBA and be like, Nah, man, Shree Cooper, no thanks. Uh, we, we 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 need we need another we need another six eight with a seven two wingspan guy who can't shoot at all and will never be able to shoot. Um to pair with our other six, nine uh, guys with our seventh four wingspan who will never be able to shoot. And our center who we drafted <laughs> Mo Bamba at number six, even though he was terrible, he was never good at any stage of his career. But like we saw, we saw his highlight package of him shooting these three pointers in an open gym without pressure. And we were like, Oh yeah, we got to take Mo Bamba, Brad. We got it. We lock it down at six. Even if Trey Young falls, we're not taking Trey Young. They were taking Trey. We got to get Mo Bongo. <laughs> they were taking Trey Young. Trey Young fell. They were. But I'm... nah. But nah. If Cooper's there at twenty, like I know he's not a fit in Atlanta. You, you can literally never play he and Trey Young together. Even though, again, we just saw Trey Young and Lou Williams give it to the Sixers. <laughs> well, Luke, oh, Luke, Luke can shoot. Luke can shoot though. And, and sorry, I mean, Luke. but you know. And, and even then, I, I didn't love that. It, it, it could still work against certain lineups, you know, Trey Young, Shreve Cooper lineups against the Sixers if they still bring that team back. You know, maybe it'll still work. Who knows? Ho- hopefully, the Sixers can f- figure something out. Um, but um, <laughs> you don't mean that at all. You don't mean that. You oh, don't. I don't, Brad. No, you don't. Mean I, that. I hope. I hope they never make it to the conference finals. Uh, but like Cooper, <laughs> again, like against normal teams, you can never play them alongside Trey Young. Like I wouldn't care. That's forty-eight minutes of elite creation. Like right. the Hawks go from you know top eight what, what they were on offense. They might be the best offense in the NBA, and it's just because for forty eight minutes, as long as there are four guys or even three guys who can shoot on the floor with Shreve Cooper and Trey Young, or and or Trey Young on the floor, they're going to get an open three pointer or an or a lob dump. Um, so that that's what would excite me. Granted, it wouldn't get the most value out of Street Cooper because I think he's better than just being a pure backup. Um, but um, the Hawks have Hawks have 
the ability to take somebody like Cooper and like not use him at maximum talent level just because of the talent they have on the roster already. Like they don't have a one particular need. Like if as long as everybody doesn't get hurt at the same time during the playoffs, especially, they should be okay um, with what they have uh, right now to make another finals run. But those are the guys that are that are really interesting to me. So like if you if you ask me who who be there at twenty, I think my top three are Johnson, Cooper, or Springer. I think one of them might end up being there, but it, it could be possible all three of those guys are gone. And if all three of those guys are gone, then it's kind of the what Schlank has said before, quote, the eye of the beholder. And I'm kinda like I kind of have the same quote grade, even though I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a great guy, but like tier level, like I find uh, Josh Christopher, um, Trey Mann, Bones Highland, uh, Cam Thomas, like those four guys um, to be similar tier of basketball player. I I'd probably be more impartial to Christopher just because he's more explosive uh, and he's bigger physically. Uh, but I, I, I really like Trey Mann's uh, offensive game. I don't know why he didn't shoot. Do you know why he didn't shoot more threes at Florida? I think that that'd be my, my only concern because it felt like, you know, just watching the few that I saw, it, it did feel like he could get, get off a three at any time he wanted. I, was it just it's, the offense they ran? Or uh, it's it's that, and also he's just not comfortable yet with that. Like that's one of the questions with him. Yeah. It's really his only offensive question is like. Is he willing to pass, which I think he probably is at the NBA level, and can he shoot threes? Because he has like kind of a DeMar DeRozan thing where like he's cool shooting mm. from 19 and not from 22. Uh, I don't know I don't know if that's going to continue, but he was a guy I watched a lot because he was thinking about going to Michigan at one point, and he's, it's kind of always been that way. He's never really shot threes. Brad, there's a lot of guys who thought about going to Michigan. And Isaiah Todd. Yeah. Isaiah Todd, who I like. I know you do. Um, I don't know why he's got a second-round grade. Uh, from all the draft websites I've seen, I think he's going to be. I think he's already a really good shooter, and he's willing to shoot. He's a he's a good athlete, not a great athlete, but I think he's a good athlete, and he's a plus shooter already. Like I, you know, at the power forward position, um, I think teams should be. I think he should be higher, uh, just overall on on where he should go. So. I'd be, I'd actually be surprised if he wasn't ended up drafted in the first round. I don't know if the Hawks would take him, per se, uh, just because, like I said, I'd, I'd rather the Hawks take a wing guard creator scorer type than another big. But like, he'd be interesting. He'd be interesting in Atlanta. Um, yeah, he's a talented guy. Um, oh, I was gonna before I let you get out of here. There was. Uh... Do you have a – is there a worst case at 20? Because I, I feel like we kind of are aligned in that there aren't a whole lot of mistakes to make at 20, in my opinion, in this class. Is it Zaire for you? Like, is he, is he your least favorite of the of all? No. No. The least favorite would probably be, be a big man who can't shoot. That's um, kind of where I am. I, th- I think any of the bigs, really. That's I'm, weird, I'm, though. Maybe Kai that, Jones, but – yeah, but I like Kai Jones. No, I no, I like Kai Jones. I, I, I'm saying he's the he's the one that I would maybe take. I would I wouldn't I'm, take. I, and I am hundred percent certain he's just a center. But there's just something about Kai Jones the way he played that I like. There, well, so I take him. The, there's and a chance Sa- anyway. And, and if Sangoon for some reason drops a twenty, because I think Sangoon's going to be good, I just take him. I don't care that he'd be the eighth big man on this team. <laughs> um, 
his first eight years in his career. Like, I, I think he's really good. And I think it'd be insane if he's there at 20. So I'd just take him for the talent. Yeah, um, I don't mind that as a talent. But, I mean, it, it'd be a very strange fit. But And he won't get there either. He's going to go before that. I think we – I could reasonably estimate that he'll be gone by then. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I've said this before, but the guys I that I would be, like, most bothered by are, like, Isaiah Jackson and Daron Sharp of, like – just because they're centers, it's not even because they're bad. It's just that they're they're non-shooting centers, and I just on this on this on this roster with Capella and the Kongwu, and provided they bring Collins back, they just don't need that at all. And yeah. you, you, you don't you don't want to take a, a need pick, but that's one where I can cross it off from for at least reason only because those guys are fine, but they're also not better than the other guys in that range either. Whereas with 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 Saint June or Kai Jones, you could reasonably say, all right, this guy's a tier above. You can yeah. reasonably say that. I'm not saying you have to, but you could at least look at them and be like, all right, I get this guy was number 10 on our board. We got to take him at 20. Whereas if it's Isaiah Jackson, I don't think that's, at least for me, I wouldn't think that it's possible. That said, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they did take a center here. Because I am I know certain national Uh-oh. media people Uh-oh. think that Clint Capello is a long-term fit on this team. I don't think that's the case. Well, I watched every game of him in the playoffs. I appreciate his work. He cannot do anything with the ball in his hands. Well, and the, the thing about Capella I do is, not, I do not want to. I do not want to be relying on Capella. Like ideally, a Kongu is taking his minutes in crunch time, late game situations against the best teams in the NBA next year. Well, you know, you know this. There's there's two things with, with, with Capella. Number one is he's still good enough to have trade value. It's a it's a good contract. If you wanted to do that, you could do that. On the flip side, uh, I think you even as you have moments with Capella, you would acknowledge that he was incredibly important to them last season. Like, right? He was without question. Like, I think either the second best player on this team, or the best, or the most, or the most important player on this team during the regular season. That's this what is without this is that, without debate, and that's I what I mean. So I'm talking about the playoffs. No, I, I'm. I, yeah. You gotta understand my brain now. Is in title mode. <laughs> it's not in make the playoffs. Uh, no, I, I I get that. I'm just saying. Even okay. Even in even in the Knicks series, even in the Philly series, like the, Capella did stuff so, that so they, they the don't thing, have anybody else can here's do. The, here's the thing that I like um, about what Okongwu. Early on in his career, I I he was getting like beat up by the physical guys who were doing all the tricks of the trade. At some point, and it really happened. It really happened, I guess, because Dwight Howard used all his available tricks in his one game where he was good against the Hawks. And the Kongu kind of figured him out. And, like, to me, if he can handle Dwight Howard, he can kind of handle anybody, right, physically. And then you see, I don't know, Brad, it's hard not to get excited what he was doing against Giannis. No, you should, you should. I mean, honestly, everyone like, should be excited about a Kongu. A Kongu was only, awesome. Like, a Kongu was the only guy in this entire playoff run, besides Blake Griffin, apparently, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I still don't know why the Bucks struggle so much to score against the Nets. I it it boggles my brain cells. I, I and I I just don't like they they were different when they played the Hawks. They they became a different team, so that's good for them. Um, and they really figured it out against the Suns as well. But like, um, a Congo was stonewalling Giannis. And Akonwu was playing good defense against, like, Akonwu stopped giving up easy post-up position, and he stopped fouling Embiid 
And all of a sudden, B's just taking fallaway jumpers on a Kongu that are good in test. So I'm like, oh, that'll play. That's all I need. That's all I, That's all you can ask for from a Kongu. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I just think I, I, I'm really high on a Kongu now. I, I think I think he's got more tools on offense than he's shown. Like, I, I think he he had a – like, I, so all that to say is that, to me, uh, even though I expect Capella to be on this team next year, they should always be looking out. Like I said before, they should always be looking out for the Capella trade if it's available. I, I think um, that I think that he is overwhelmingly likely to be on the team th- this season, and then after this season, it will depend a lot about what the market is and what Akangu does this year. And like, and because what would scare me is paying Capella. Twenty plus million dollars going to his age 29, 30, well, 31 season, and when he's so reliant on his athleticism, that that is that's what would scare me. I, I agree with you on that, and also, this is a little bit too simplified, but you know what I mean when I'm about, what, 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 what I'm about to say. You don't draft a center at number six overall, and then as that guy is presumably coming of age and doing what he's able to do. And again, this is assuming that Congo has a good season this year, which I think we, we are assuming he's going to do, but we'll see. Um, you don't draft that guy, watch him start to break out and then re up your one position center ahead of him for big money. Like that's the, that's not really yeah. a, a common thing. I guess the Hawks could do it, but I think the, the moment they drafted a Kongwu, the hope with drafting him, if you are the Hawks is that he is going to be too good to not play, and that means you trade Capella. That's that's kind of the natural progression. I'm not saying it has to happen that way, but that is, if you want to just go into hypothetical mode, the minute that was the draft pick, that is probably the plan they at least thought about at some point. Is like, all right, two years from now, we move on for Capella, and it's a Kongu show. That's that's the thought process. It has to be. And, like, so here's the thing. Like, to me, what would excite me is pairing a Kongu and Collins on both ends of the floor where they can actually do some stuff high low, um, you know they can like because both of them are good good pass like relative like compared to Capella who can't do anything like Collins can make will make a good decision in the mid range, um, and a Kongu like a Kongu was throwing lobs to Collins like they didn't connect, um, but like he was already doing that this year and I and I feel like a Kongu's shown some ability to grab and go a, a little bit like he sneaks it in. Every once in a while, and I think like if he gets that confidence level, like so, I'm I'm really excited to see what Kongu does in summer league, even more than uh, Cam Reddish, because I I think he's going to show some tools and some skills that he didn't he, he didn't do um, in his rookie year that would really like to me if I, and like beyond just the shooting, but like if I can get Collins back to roll, if I can play Collins with another big man. And have Collins be my primary roller again. That's the big I want. That's the big I want on the floor in crunch time situations. Because Collins is the best role big man in the NBA. Like, you know, we said it before. And like, especially if you're going to pay Collins the the twenty five plus million dollars it's going to take to keep him. Like, you're going to want as much. You want to want to accrue as much value from Collins as you can, and that's going to be as a role man more than as a spot up shooter. So. That's what would excite. That's what would excite me about Okongwu over Capella, and why I think like I, I think Okongwu is going to be coming for Capella's minutes as soon as next year, because um, he showed he really showed a lot during the playoffs. Like he 
he was outplaying like Brad in, in the Buck series without when Trey Young wasn't on the floor, spoon feeding Capella, Conwood <laughs> was the better basketball player, like flat out. Like he just was. And so you, you did see some of Capella's some of Capella's drawbacks offensively were uh, on display at times in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so no, that's all another podcast. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, in the future. But but uh, ultimately, th- that whole tangent was about if the Hawks dropping a big. big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I just don't think Capella's going to be here long term. And what? And they got what, Bruno, they got Bruno, and, they got Bruno Nate Knight for another, for another year, man. Both of them. So. <laughs> oh, Bruno. Just saying, Bruno's under contract for another season. Poor guy. Guaranteed money. I still believe in Bruno, just not in Atlanta. Uh, we'll, we'll yeah, see, not we'll, in Atlanta. They we'll see where Bruno goes, go. but I uh, I actually I think, think that Bruno could be a backup spot. center somewhere. It's not going to be with the Hawks, though, I don't think. Yeah, no, he doesn't fit, and he's got to learn. But he also has got to learn how to just play harder consistently at all times. Indeed. Uh, um, but, yeah, that, that's I, a I, really big flaw. I could not uh, – long story short, I think we're basically in lockstep that – it's kind of hard to mess this draft up. Obviously, you could miss on the pick. I mean, there there might even be you might have argued that they're due to miss on one because they've been so good at drafting, and no one's this good at drafting. I mean, uh, I'm Mari Spellman. What are you talking about? That doesn't count. Uh, that was a terrible pick, though. Uh, and I said as much at the time. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm often wrong, but that was one where I had Spellman like at 53, and I didn't understand it. But uh, and if Amari could have stayed in shape, it might have worked. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks about Amari that actually annoys me because I. He has skills. He had the shot. He had, <laughs> he had the shot skills. Profile. Um, he couldn't be a center though. I, I think that that was going to hold him back. But like his three point shot looked good. It just never went in. And then is that, he is that bad? He came into summer league. <laughs> summer league at like three thirty. And we were like, what happened? Yeah, what I was. I was. I was like? there. I was in the building that first that first day uh, of summer league after his after his rookie season. That was basically and the, the and, the, the, and the text game. started rolling in and yeah that was uh, essentially kind of the beginning of the end. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure you and I will talk after the draft and after free agency to see what uh, where you're at with this team. But it sounds like it sounds like you're in you're in title mode. So title mode, baby. They should be looking to win. They, I mean, I know. Got to give respect to the Miami Heat, man. You know, oh. whenever, whenever. <laughs> Whenever you, whenever you get, you know, I should have known. This is like minute number, swept. minute number eighty. But I, I should have known. This is coming in the playoffs. They first got, round. By the way, they got absolutely stomped in that series. They got stomped. They got stomped in that series. But like you know, when, whenever that happens, you you got to have better title odds. You know, I mean, I maybe, maybe the odds makers know something. They, they that the Heat will actually try to pry John Collins away from. From the Hawks, South, South Florida zone, John Collins. You go follow him. Do you go yeah. follow him to Miami? If he goes to Miami, is it is it time? Uh, that's tough. You jumping? You jumping? I like off? I like I like Bam a lot, man. And I like <laughs> Jimmy Butler too. I like that's the thing. I don't like the Heat team. I just don't like I just don't like the Heat, heat culture. culture. <laughs> I knew the it. team. I I'm actually a fan of it. It was it, it, it wasn't. It's not Bam's fault that you know. Duncan Robinson and uh, Come on. Tyler Hero aren't, easy. aren't in Disney World anymore. Easy, easy on no, Duncan. It's not, it's not their fault. Duncan, Duncan can play. Tyler Hero. I mean, yeah, ready. offensively, but then yeah. you know, then you know, you see why, you know, not everybody can be as good good as Trey Young on defense oh. uh, when talking about Duncan Robinson. <laughs> and then Tyler Hero, you know, got to uh. draft him over R.J. Barrett on my, on our uh, redraft. Oh. The Tyler Hero and, and DeAndre Hunter. The Tyler Hero uh, post rookie post rookie season uh, stuff was another level of absurdity. So it's funny. It's 
it's so funny because Kevin Herter, I, I guess, and like I love Kevin Herter, man, of what he did in the playoffs and what he did after Nate McMillan got, got hired. He was talking about how Kevin Herter needs to be starting now. I'm like, hold up now. Well, this I, was the best stretch of basketball Kevin Herter's ever played consistently ever in his career. Let us pump the brakes. If he comes out next season and he's out here being unaggressive Kev, I'm going to be on him because he clearly showed that he has an ability to take over games and be super, super matchup, like willing to find a matchup and really exploit it. <laughs> um, he did it all on uh, playoffs. But, it, but if he comes back to like, oh, if I don't, you know, if I don't get my spot ups and I, and I, and if I make, if I miss my first two shots and I, I can't shoot the rest of the game, Kevin Herter, uh, I'm going to be a little annoyed by him, but uh, we'll, I, I'm really high on Kevin Herter, so hopefully he, hopefully he continues his playoff spot. But I, I just find it funny how Kevin Herter's not getting that what what Tyler Hero got um, when when Tyler Hero was just a bunch of unsustainable shot making, and what Kevin Herter was doing was playing good basketball on both ends of the floor while shooting over smaller defenders, which is sustainable offense uh, compared to what Hero does, which is just. I mean, Tyler Hero is a good offensive player, but defensively, just a different caliber of, of basketball player. But it's it's just it's just funny seeing how after the Mickey Mouse playoff run that he had, uh, <laughs> you know, now that now that the Hawks did something similar, the Hawks are getting. I cannot I Mickey cannot Mouse wait treatment. to like every few days. It's already started. Every few days between now and October, you're going to see a headline that's going to send you into a rage, and I'm going to get a text from you about some ridiculous thing that someone has said about the Hawks. And uh, I'm looking forward to each and, each and every time. Your the Hawks the Hawks had an injury play playoff run, Brad, where they got to beat up on teams that were hurt. Like this is what I'm saying. You're, you're going to have uh, you're going to have a field day with this stuff for the next three months. It's going to happen you know, over and over and over again. Embiid uh, Embiid had that torn meniscus, and then ended up playing the best basketball of his career and we all had to pretend that the Hawks only beat the Sixers because of that and like Ben Simmons struggled score at the rim magically just due to you know I guess his his just stuff going on with him instead of you know John Collins and Clint Capella consistently being there at the rim because he can't shoot um, and Ben Simmons not being a good defender and him struggling to, to score over good contests or Tobias Harris struggling score against John Collins like that none of that happened Brad it's all about Embiid and his torn meniscus or (laughs) small tear that he had in his meniscus that didn't actually affect him all that much even though you know every time he went down after the whistle like he he showed how much pain he was in so that everybody in, in the stands could know that he's playing hurt and he's the only one Brad playing injured um, so that's 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 interesting. That's interesting. That's all. That was the only way the Hawks were going to beat that. Team. As I said, you were proving my point right now about how and enraged they, they you're going to be. They didn't just dominate a Knicks team that everybody picked was going to beat the Hawks for some reason. This is this is why Hawks fans love you. That's all. How, how, how wild is it? The Brad, the Hawks dominate the Knicks in a way no Hawks team has dominated in a playoff series in like since the Mike Woodson era. Perhaps, honestly, it's been that long because Mike Woodson actually got sweet. Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer. By the time y'all listen to this, Mike <laughs> Budenholzer probably has a chip <laughs> to his name. 
and he was supposed to lose to these man. We uh, we gotta go, Brown. All right, that's enough of that. We'll do this again another time. But but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, the Hawks were the team that was injured, right? These the the Bucks were lucky that the Hawks got hit, and it wasn't just Trey Young that got hurt. But you know, DeAndre Hunter just apparently doesn't exist. Cam Reddish doesn't exist until like he makes six threes in the game. Like, oh snap! Hawks have Cam Reddish. Damn. They do. I've got a lot of talent. Yeah, no duh. They have some. Nah, they have some talent. Wanna, people want. People want the Hawks to trade all their talent for Ben Simmons. So <sighs> we'll see. That'll be another podcast for another day. Um, all right, Tyler. Well, thank you for coming on, my friend. We'll talk. I'm sure at some point, uh, post draft, free agency, etc. But uh, people can find your work at where Jonesy Two X Four on Twitter uh, right now, which. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably still be talking about this. I'm on Gundam, uh, original Gundam. Brad, I don't know if you know anything. I have about no you idea know? what that means, Tyler. None, zero. Jesus, Gundam is literally like it's like not knowing what. Do you know what Pokemon is? I I know what Pokemon is. Not I, I know nothing about Pokemon, but I know what it is. Yes. Wow. Like, well, you know me. This all I do is talk about basketball. Here's the thing: Gundam's one of like the biggest properties in the world is that you don't know it is kind I, of striking. I, I believe you. Listen. We'll set that aside. We'll set that aside, all right? Original Gundam still holds up, guys. It's incredible. I'm currently... I'm talking about for my for my real Gundam fans. I'm talking about UC Gundam. That stuff is incredible. I can't believe... I, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I can't believe it took me this long to watch original Gundam. I had no idea it was this good. Like, I thought it was old you know, old boomer talk from you guys. But I, I'm the stupid one. I see why y'all get so mad about these new anime fans and about new Gundam and how, like, you know, the non-canon stuff or whatever they call it, uh, extended universe Gundam or whatever, like how it, it doesn't compare. This old stuff is good. The dialogue is incredible. The fights don't are secondary to really what's going on outside of the fights. Like, the conversations the characters have with each other, like, it's great. Uh, great characters, great character writing, great plots. I, man, so like if if you've never seen uh, Gundam, like uh, the old series, uh, it's on Netflix now. The three they got three compilation movies of the original Gundam series. Um, they're all really good. Though I do warn you, you're probably gonna want to watch uh, some background stuff, which is available. Um, I think on Netflix too. I'm not sure, but regardless, it's all great. Um, check it out if you got the time. But again, you can follow me on Jonesy Two X Four, where I'm gonna probably be in that Gundam hole. So, like, if you have Gundam related questions, bring them my way, and I can answer them as best as I can. So, but that's about it. <laughs> there you go. Follow this man on the Twitter machine if you if he allows you. He's still locked, so he has to approve your follow. But hopefully, he oh yeah, that. man. You know, if we live maybe in a you know, if the wrestlers of the world full circle, know, gave L- us L- some L- right luxury, luxury tax talk as employees, I'm with you, you know. all the way. Trust me. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I could, maybe I could revel in the quote unquote freedom of speech that is <laughs> quote unquote supposed to exist in this country. Oh, but since right. we don't actually live in that, that country, is a separate that, conversation a, for another I day. A different pod for it a is. different day. It I'm is. not for locked on. Which uh, not not you know, for uh, not great. for me talking about um, basketball, but uh, no, I'm I'm yeah, we are purely basketball podcast. It's yeah. okay, uh, 
thank you, sir, for coming on. It's, it's always a good time. People should be following you, and if they're not, they're missing out on uh, the rage and the the jokes and the anime analysis and occasionally just some sober basketball talk at like two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Um, as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Tom will be back soon, I'm sure, and we'll see you all next time.